Good morning. It's good to see you today. I want to share, proclaim one simple biblical truth from God's Word today. That truth is that God cares for you. God cares for you. I think in our world that is becoming increasingly automated and and computerized, we, we long to know that somebody cares. We long for some personal touch. I don't know if you've had the experience that I've had. I have a doctor that I go to once a year. I have a prescription I have to get refilled. I've got to go to the doctor once a year to get a physical to get that prescription refilled. And, and so this past year I went to get to that, went to the doctor, and they forgot to call my pharmacy and tell them to refill the prescription, get it going again. So I called them up just to tell them, hey, you forgot to tell the pharmacy. And, and so, you know, I call them and it says, for English, press one. For Spanish, press two. And I press one. And then it goes through and then it, there's all these other doctors for so-and-so, for so-and-so. I finally get my doctor. And then there's all these options. If this is a medical emergency, hang up. If this is, uh, if, if you want to reschedule an appointment, press one. If you want to cancel your appointment, no. And I'm, by this time I'm talking to you, that's my, that's not what I want. You don't have what I want on your list. I want to talk to a person. And so finally you get through that and I press, uh, you know, zero or whatever. And please hold. Our call is very important to you. No, you're, my call's not important. If it was, I'd be talking to a person now. And Ten minutes later. Your call is very, no, it's not important to, to you. There would be a person here if my call was important. I never talked to a person. I finally left a message, and, uh, and uh, eventually they got it. And then let me tell you, I have a credit card. And I saw it advertised on TV, and I changed my credit card because this credit card, if you have a problem, you call them, and an American says, hello, and I just sit there and wait a minute, you know, and it's a real person talking every time. There's no menu. There's no wait. It's a person that just says hello when you call them. I really think my credit card company cares more about me than my doctor. That's probably not true, but you know, it seems that way because of a personal touch. Now, is God more like my doctor's office or more like my credit card company? What, how do you feel? Is, is God, is he distant? Is he, I got to, you know, go through some menus to ever get in touch with him? Or is God personal? Does he really care about you and about me and what's going on in your life? I think we're looking in a lot of different ways for somebody that cares. Some of us are looking for pets, uh, to replace that kind of caring. I, I, I read this week a story from the Center for Disease Control that said salmonella outbreak was on the rise in the United States. And so they said they were tracing a good bit of it that more and more people were having backyard chickens. Some of you have backyard chickens. But the problem was, it says, that people were kissing and snuggling their, their chickens. And so the headline, you can look it up. I'm not making this up. Headline, CDC says, don't snuggle and kiss your chickens. I, I just wonder if somehow we're not just uh, really needy for somebody or something to care. And the good news I want to share with you 
It's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Here's our key verse today. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The Bible says you can cast or throw your anxiety on God. Your cares, your anxiety, the word anxious comes from the root word to divide. If you're being pulled in two different directions, you cast it. The word cast is found only two places in the New Testament here. And when they threw their coats on the donkey so Jesus could ride it into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. So he's saying, throw, cast. I think a, a good modern translation is unload. Whatever your anxieties are today, whatever's worrying you, whatever concerns you greatly, the Bible says you can unload that on God. You can share it with God. You can let him help you carry that. You don't have to carry that alone. He wants to help you. He's willing to bear part of your load. Why? Because he cares for you. Here's the personal care of God. Now, Peter wrote the first verses of Peter tell us, to Christians who were scattered throughout the Roman Empire. And in the Roman Empire, probably the dominant philosophy or one of the dominant philosophies was Stoicism. And Stoicism taught that the gods did not care, that the gods were apathetic, that they had no emotions, that they were above any kind of caring. And Stoicism said, for you to be happiest, you ought to become like the gods. If you could get to a part, place in your life where you don't care, where you are unconcerned or apathetic, and none of the events of life, even the death of a family member, really bother you, if you can rise above your emotions and accept the fate of nature as just the way it is, that if you get to that point where you're apathetic and you don't care, you'll be like the gods and your life would go better. Man. No wonder Christianity took hold. Christianity came to say that is not how God is. The gods are not apathetic. There is one true living God, the God of the Bible, who's revealed himself, and he cares for you. And so you can cast or unload all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now, there probably will be some times in your life even as a believer and a follower of Jesus, when you doubt that. There probably will be some times in your life when you're just not sure if God cares. It may be because the universe seems so big and we seem so small. Do you ever feel small? Do you ever look at, go out and look at the night sky? Do you ever see the, go to a vast city and just see the millions of people? There's so many. How could God care? I was reading this week on a Christian website where people could write in with their, their questions or, or whatever. And, and this one caught my attention. I got it to put up on the screen for you. A person wrote in, I'm a high school science teacher. And I don't doubt that some kind of higher power must have created the universe. I can't believe everything just happened by chance. But I also can't believe that this higher power cares about us. The universe is just too big and we're just too small. Maybe you felt like that. And that's understandable, to feel small and uncared for. But think about the logic of that statement for just a moment. A science teacher should be 
is working on logic, right? And so what he's saying is, I've come to believe that there is a God because the universe is just so vast and so complex that it couldn't have come by itself. There must be somebody who's bigger than the universe and greater than the universe who created it. But, he comes to say, because it's so big, I don't see how God could care. Do you hear the, the, the lack of the logical fallacy and that kind of thinking? If you're saying that there has to be a great big God because there's a great big universe, but because it's so big, there can't be a great big God, that doesn't exactly make sense, does it? Cannot, if God is big enough to create all of this, isn't he big enough to care individually about every one of you and me? Isn't the God who could hold all this together even, isn't even maybe a smaller thing to think that he cares for us than that he made all this? So you see, if that's your, if that's your logic, it really doesn't hold. If God's big enough to have created all of our world, then he is certainly capable of caring that you have an algebra test tomorrow and you're worried about it. Or that you've been to a doctor and he discovered a lump and you don't know what the diagnosis is going to be. And there's a God who cares. Now, it may be that you come to doubt the care of God when you encounter a new situation. A situation that you think contradicts the care of God. You come, perhaps, when God doesn't respond the way you think he ought to respond. Maybe you've prayed for something that you believe to be in God's will and it hasn't happened and, and now you're just wondering, does God really care? Or maybe you've had a series of things in your life that you have just been slammed one after another and you're wondering, how could God allow X if he cared for me so X has happened so therefore I just can't believe God cared for me? Let me show you an example of that in Scripture. In Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35, it tells about what Jesus did after a long day of teaching. In the passage prior to this, Jesus had been so crowded by people who had come to hear him that he had gotten in a fisherman's boat and put out a little bit from shore on the Sea of Galilee and used the boat for a platform for a pulpit. At least they couldn't crowd him into the water if he's out on a boat, you know. So he stands there in the boat, and there on the shore just beyond him, and he teaches all day, and Mark 4 contains his teaching all day. And then at the end of the day, it says, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. We've got to get away from the crowds and rest and so they start across the Sea of Galilee on the boat. And verse 36 says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you don't you care if we drown? They just couldn't see how Jesus would not help them if he cared about them. Jesus, we're about to drown here. Don't you care we're about to drown? Maybe you felt like that. Jesus, I'm drowning here. Don't you care? You see, the disciples knew he cared. They had seen that in other instances but now they had come to a circumstance they'd never been in before. 
In the first three chapters of Mark, he's healed a paralyzed man. He's made a shriveled man's hand be whole again. They've seen the compassion and the power of God, but they've never been in a storm yet. And, and so they've come to a situation that's new to them and frightening to them, and maybe that's where you are. And maybe you're at a place in your life where you say, I just don't see how God could care and this happened to me. Teacher, don't you care? It says in the next verse, he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, Jesus was saying, did you not learn to transfer your faith? Jesus calls you to exercise faith when you come to situations you've never before encountered. And what he wants you to do is to transfer from the evidence you've seen. They had seen the evidence of his care in other types of situations. They just hadn't been in this particular situation before. And Jesus said, you didn't transfer your faith to a new situation. That's what he calls you to do. Maybe you're in a situation you've never been in before. And so the, the challenge will be, can you transfer your faith to believe he cares now based on what you've seen before? What's the, what's the evidence that we can hang our hat on? What's the way to know when you go through new experiences in life and you feel so small, how can you know God cares? What's, the, what's the, the bedrock evidence? Let me show it to you in John chapter 10, beginning at verse 11. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Now the metaphor that the Bible uses repeatedly when it wants to try to impress upon first century people that there is a caring God is the image of a shepherd and sheep. This is the image that the Bible uses to explain that God cares for you. And most of us, I grew up on a farm, but I didn't grow up with sheep. I don't know anything about sheep personally, but everything that I've heard from people and, and read is that sheep need a good bit of care, that they, they need some attention, they need caring for. I heard an older woman, uh, now an older woman, who told about when she was a teenager and she had four siblings, five children on a farm. They usually raised cattle, but one year they, her parents decided to buy 800 sheep and raise them. And she said, uh, uh, we didn't know much about caring for sheep. We sort of had to learn as we go. And she said, one weekend my parents went away, left the five of us teenagers, siblings. This is already a bad story right there, isn't it? Bad story already. They left five siblings to show them how to feed the sheep, care for the sheep. She said, we got the bright idea. Why have to fork that hay out of the loft every day? Why don't we just put enough for them to eat all weekend in one big pile and we'll have it all for them? And they did that and thought they had, to, they had it fenced in. And they got up the next morning and there was just this heap of sheep. 
And she said the top layer of sheep were bloated and eating themselves to death, and they threw them off, and then below it was a layer of dead sheep that had suffocated to death because the ones on top were eating. And she said, but the trouble is, when we threw the live sheep off that were bloating, they kept staggering back onto the pile as fast as we could throw them off and, and, and uh, dying. Sheep must need care from what I can tell. You know what the Bible says? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And even if I were to go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid because you care for me. And so Jesus incorporates that wonderful 23rd Psalm in saying, I am that good shepherd. I care for you like that. I want to guide you. I want to feed you. I will be with you in the tough times. I am the good shepherd. Now, how do we know that? What's the piece of bedrock evidence that you hang your hat on when you come to new situations or you feel small? Here it is in that verse, John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The indisputable evidence that Jesus cares about you is that he laid down his life for you. The cross, you go back to the cross whenever you get to times in your life and you're not sure if God cares. Whenever you're not sure if, if there's a God who's listening to your prayers, you go back to this event. The cross is what you hang your hat on because he laid down his life for you. In that Las Vegas shooting, there was a husband who covered his wife's body with his own so that the bullets hit him before it hit his wife. That's pretty good evidence he cared for her, right? Jesus has come between you and the predator. The next verse says, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So the person who doesn't care for you or a God who doesn't care for you will run away. He's not invested in the sheep. He's just doing a job to take care of them. And here comes a pack of wolves. I'm not dying for a bunch of sheep. I'm out of here. But the shepherd positions himself between the predator and the sheep. And Jesus positioned himself there for you. He said in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Jesus knows you. Knows everything about you. Now, he knows everything about everybody, but he knows you in a relationship of protecting you as a shepherd with his own flock. He knows you, and you know him if you come into a relationship. So there is an intimacy and a knowledge there. Yes, he knows what's going on. He cares about your daily life. He knows you. Earlier in this chapter, it says he knows you by name. There's a guy I know in Manchester that I've known for 15 years, and he still doesn't get my name right. He calls me Benton. And, hey, this is my friend Benton. I want you to introduce you. And I, and I first three or four times, I would, I'd correct him and say, hey, I know it's an odd name. Not many Brentons. It's got an R in it. Okay, yeah. Next time I see him, hey, Benton, how you doing? Now I've just, just quit. And he says, hey, Benton, how you doing? I said, I'm great. How are you? 
he just, he just doesn't know my name, you know. But Jesus gets it right. Jesus, he knows you. And so verse 15 says, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. There is relationship in caring in the Trinity. And when you come into a faith relationship with God through believing in Jesus Christ, then you come into a relationship that has that same kind of community and intimacy. He says, I know you, I know my sheep in the same kind of way that the Father and I know each other. Wow. And he says it one more time in verse 15. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Here's what you hang your hat on when it gets tough times in life and you're not sure God cares. You remember, you go back to the cross, that when the wolf of death, the predator of the devil came, Jesus positioned himself between you and he died for you. He died defending you. Not only just gave his physical life, but in dying in your place, he absorbed the punishment for your sin, the curse of death. Jesus went to hell for you. And in his death as the infinite son of God, he absorbed eternal punishment, everlasting hell, infinite hell that he absorbed, took on himself in your place for you. That's how you know he cares for you. And that's what you base your life upon. And when you come to new situations, you transfer the faith. I don't understand this. It doesn't look to me like that Jesus would let this happen to me if he cared about me. Talked to somebody this week who had an experience in church where somebody had hurt them badly. And, and I've never encountered that before. I don't see how this could happen. If, if that, you know. Talked to somebody who, who began to serve Christ and had had worse circumstances recently in their financial life than it had ever had. They said, I, I don't understand how trying to serve Christ this would happen. And so when you come to those new experiences, you say, I transfer this faith. The one, I don't understand this, but he died for me. Would you go back with me to uh, 1 Peter 5, 7 one more time. And so what I want to invite you to do, if you will, is to hold out your hand in your lap with your palm up, your fingers cupped. I won't ask you to do anything weird, don't worry. But I, but I invite you to do this, just in your lap, just hold your hand like that. And I want you to visualize, I want you to think of in prayer right now, what your greatest concerns are, what your worries, your anxieties, what's troubling you, what's loading you down in your life. And then I want to invite you in an act of faith to just turn your hand upside down and spread your fingers apart or to make a casting motion like that. And as you do that, I want to invite you to say, God, I believe you care for me. And I unload my cares, my anxieties upon you. I'll not be wrought with worry. I'll not be paralyzed by fear. 
I will still do my responsibilities that you call me to do. I will not abdicate them. But I need your help in bearing this. And I will not be consumed by worry. I unload my cares upon you. Let's pray together. Oh God, speak to your people by the power of your spirit, of your personal tender care that you know their names, you know the depths of the desires of their heart, you know their dreams, you know their fears, you know their hidden anxieties and sins, and you love them. And I pray as we're unloading our cares that we will be people of faith and confidence and joy and peace and point others to that same hope. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that you lay down your life for us. We will trust you care for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Would you stand together with me in a time of invitation? You need a shepherd? You need some help living your life? There's a God who loves you, who cares about you, who wants to partner with you, not as an equal. He'll only be Lord. But if you'll bow your knee today in submission, repentance of your sin, and faith in him, then he'll say to you, I'm your shepherd. I know you. You know me. I'm going to care for you. You will not want. You want that kind of relationship? You don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? You want to put your faith in him, be baptized in his name? Walk forward as we sing and meet me or another pastor here. Be baptized in our coming baptism. Need a church home? You need a flock? Sheep don't do well out by themselves. Sheep need a group. You need a group. We would love to be your flock, your group. You come be a part of this church family. You're praying about something. You're dealing with something. You just need a, somebody to pray with you in the name of Jesus. Somebody would be glad to pray with you. Let's come.